Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee. Got my Christmas one this morning. Sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above us today. Uh, and for the weekend, Christmas weekend, uh, somehow I kind of feel like, yeah, everybody can hear me. Okay. I feel like I can't hear myself. Usually I can hear myself in my mic. Hmm very odd this morning. It's an odd morning anyway, because I couldn't decide what to talk about, right? We talked about the new moon, happy new moon, by the way, everybody, new moon in Capricorn at, at this moment in time, or at the time I, I drew up the chart this morning at a quarter to seven, my time, uh, the, the moon and sun had of course already come, you know, into their conjunction, the new moon and the moon is now probably at about five or six degrees of Capricorn. That means over the next couple of days, the moon is going to be in a conjunction with Venus, Mercury, and Pluto. And then on Christmas Day, move into the sign of Aquarius. Makes me think that Christmas will be a different sort of Christmas for everyone this year. There might be something unique about it, something different, um, maybe something unexpected, right? The last couple of Christmases, we had unexpectedness with my my nephew having been stationed in Kuwait for a year and are not thinking that he was going to be able to get home until after the new year. And on Christmas, he showed up and that surprised us. So it's that kind of, of a Christmas day. But we've got the next couple of days with the moon in Capricorn. And that brings us to some maybe some seriousness or some needing to, you know, get things done. You know, those last minute things that we always have to do before a holiday. Uh, yesterday, I went out to the store, you know, we got dumped on with a bunch of snow. And then it froze hard. Uh, our temperatures were down to like eight degrees. And that means that it's like hard pack. And uh, I was like a little afraid to get on the roads, but I needed to get out. And it was amazing. Everybody was in such great spirits in the stores and uh, getting my last minute groceries for Christmas dinner, uh, all of that. So wherever you're hustling and bustling uh, today, hopefully you are doing it safely and in a good mood, being generous with your uh, love for everyone. And uh, yeah, so anyway. So let's talk a little bit about the moon in Capricorn. We talked about the new moon on uh, Tuesday, Monday, whatever day it was that we met. So I doubt that you have any questions more about that. But we do have quite a bit of energy sitting in Capricorn, a stellium, so to speak, with the sun and moon and Venus, Mercury and Pluto all sitting there. So what does it mean? First of all, a stellium, what is that? Well, a stellium means that there are quite a number of planets all in the same sign. So it's kind of like piling things one on top of the other. It brings a lot of focus to the chart or to the area of your life that Capricorn is in. So if this chart were a person, the, the place in the chart that comes under a lot of pressure is in the second house, right? If you look here, you can see this is, stay there. This is Capricorn over here, and that is where all the planets are sitting. That puts a lot of pressure uh, in that particular house. And that's the same thing that's happening for each one of you, right? One house in your chart is coming under pressure, or maybe it's confusion, right? The thing about having a lot of planets in one sign is it's not clear what it is that's being asked of you. Right. So we have the sun and moon here. That's a new beginning in a sign that is about taking on one's authority, being authentic. Um, it rules the career or profession. Yet I will bet you that there's confusion around who are you out in the world? Who do you want to be out there? And then we also have Venus here and Venus in Capricorn is a little more serious right? She's usually our benefic planet. We think of her as benefic, but here she's in Saturn territory. And that might mean uh, our relationships or our values are in some way taking center stage, uh, feeling a little like lost in our relationships, perhaps, or not clear as to what we want in a relationship. Because remember, we've got a lot of planets here. So which one do we pay attention to? 
right? Which one? Mercury is also here and in the shadow of his next retrograde. I was greeted this morning by the blue screen, the one that says something has gone wrong. You will need to restart your computer or we'll restart it for you and report the error. I'm like, oh God, what happened? This is a new laptop. It shouldn't be doing this. So it restarted. Yeah, okay, it is Mercury in the shadow, of course. And so what is Mercury's voice bringing you? What is the, um, what's the message, right? What's your particular message in Capricorn? And then Pluto, of course, who's been here forever, it seems, since 2008, and been pressuring us to regenerate, um, really putting the pressure on the outer world in terms of our institutions, uh, the governments, perhaps, or the in, anything that is of an institutional sort, and being those institutions being exposed for their weaknesses, or where they've become too complex, too unmanageable, and not sustainable. Uh, but in your own perfect life, <laughs> in your own perfect personal world, is that really happening? Uh, is is there something that's going on in your life that's regenerating? Hold on, I forgot to plug my power cord in. Don't want to just, you know, blink off and make you think I left the broadcast. Uh, so there's a lot to consider in that Capricorn part of your chart. So have your own personal chart like this, right? You all have them. And if you don't have them, you need to go to my website and request one so that you can take a look at where it is that Capricorn uh, duty and responsibility is coming up. So when we look at the moon in Capricorn, and this is really kind of Capricorn energy all across the board, uh, it's about substance, right? It's about, you know, the substance of something, the meat and potatoes, right? How, how uh, clear are you with your goals or with your um, next steps? Uh, how resourceful are you? There's nothing that Saturn or Capricorn loves more than resourcefulness, right? Resourcefulness. Um, how persevering are you? How uh, willing are you to endure through the confusion, perhaps? Now, raise your hand if you've got clarity about what you're supposed to do. Actually, you might not be able to raise your hand, but you can tell me, you know, yes, I have total clarity over my life right now. I would love to talk to you <laughs> because even I at sitting here at this moment have no clarity about what comes next. And I was chatting with another uh, uh, person this morning who's also waking up every morning at a certain time, 4 a.m., I think she said. And I've been waking up at 5 a.m. going, it's freaking dark outside. It's cold. I am not getting up but then not being really able to go back to sleep either as there's been these things going through my mind, right? This happens periodically. Um, you know, thoughts around what do I want to do next? Have I really accomplished what I came here to do? Um, how do I want to handle the work that I'm doing? How do I want to show up in the world? all kinds of those kinds of questions at five in the morning, right? Uh, of course, you can answer those questions at five in the morning, doesn't everybody? Uh, so there's a lot of that, you know, getting some needing to get some clarity about where you go next, and finding the substance. I think that's what's really gotten to me as I feel like I'm dabbling, but there's no real substance. I mean, it, that may or may not be true. It's something that's just going through my mind. Have I done something substantive? substantial? And is there something more substantial or substantive that I can do? Uh, all of that kind of going through our minds. Now, akin to that is status and authority, right? That's another big um, theme in Capricorn energy. When you have a lot of planets there, we might be wondering about how is it that we're here to make our mark out in the world? Uh, being mindful of what our roles are. What is my role? Remember your role in your human design, right? I'm a role model hermit, uh, or am I? Hmm, that's a question I'll dive into here in a minute. Uh, so that role telling you like, well, what is it that you, what part are you playing in the big kaleidoscope of the planet? What is it that you're here to do? What What is your role in society at large? What is your role in the community that you're a part of, your family that you're a part of? And doing what you need to do um, 
as a as a, a a love right as a as a process of loving right that we don't often think of love as capricorn but you know listen capricorn starts in the gates of love right in human design so when i sit back and look at the zodiac and i'm thinking about capricorn one of the fewer words that come to my mind is love yet yet the very beginning capricorn energy in the beginning moves into the gate of self-love and the gate of the love of humanity or the love of compassion, right? Being a part of the human family and taking care as, uh, as good as we take care of others, we need to take care of ourselves. Or if we do already take really good care of ourselves, we need to be able to take good care of others in the same way. It's right. Kind of the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh, in other words, treat others the way that you would want to be treated. If you don't like the way that you're being treated, then you've got to take a look at why it is you're being treated that way. Are you treating others that way? Or worse yet, are you treating yourself that way? Mm, things to think about as we go into more and more of this Capricorn energy. Um, being responsible. Responsible, we think of as being a grown-up and doing what's necessary, even if we don't like what we have to do, doing what it is that's being required of us, commitment, high standards, right? Being, you know, aiming for the stars, right? Being mature. But in a real way, that's a part of it, right? There is that part. And often, you know, Capricorn is going to feel the sting of karma very quickly if they fail in their responsibilities, or if they don't approach life maturely, but what does responsibility really mean? Responsibility, right? Being able to respond as opposed to reacting, knee jerking, gut clenching, right? That kind of thing. So there are things that we have to watch out for in Capricorn though, right? We could get too serious, right? This is a sign that's serious. We can get too serious. We could become too authoritative. We could be demanding or that, you know, authoritative uh, becomes bossy or nitpicking or uh, rigid, right? Rigid is another thing. Closed to ideas and possibilities and innovation and invention, right? Saturn really wouldn't want that because he's the ruler of the next sign over too, which is a sign of innovation and ideas and inventiveness. So a lot to think about with Capricorn going on. Now I want to hear from you guys. Tell me what's going on in your own lives while I go back here and talk about hello to every or say hello to everybody. Oh my goodness. Pam Zaruba. Merry almost Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas to you as well, Pam. Christine Buckingham. Good morning. Kajella. Good morning. She says happy holidays to everyone. Amanda J. Good to see you. Good morning. Debbie Tibbetts Tumiel. Merry Christmas. Good morning and Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa to all. <laughs> I love it. Covering all the bases. That's why Happy Holidays is so nice, right? <laughs> because it covers them all. Um, good morning, Tammy, she says. Uh, good morning, Janet and Astro Design followers. Michelle, you made it. Good morning. JLo, hello to you. Londa, good to see you. She says, I am completing my time with a major project. It is a time of completion as it feels for myself and waiting for the next phase, taking on self-authority and a new empowerment. Yay for you. Self-empowering. When one lives in complete acceptance of what is, that is the end of all drama in one's life. Interesting because that is a theme in Capricorn and it is a theme that Saturn picks up as well. Um, acceptance, right? Being, um, being okay with whatever it is, right? Making lemon le le lemonade out of lemons, that kind of thing. So good for you, Londa. I love it. JLo says, I have a bit of clarity on what today's transit is for me. And JLo says, OMG, I woke up at 4 a.m. Well, it's out there, that's for sure. Tom, good morning. Happy Ismus and Merry Everything Astro Family. I don't want to grow up. He's a Peter Pan. <laughs> And Londa, serious, but not serious, like being serious, but serious, like the star, the star system. Um, Tom, uh, J-Lo, I get up to practice my singing at 4 a.m. Oh, my goodness. I'm sure that the whole household loves that. Uh, Jana, good morning to you. She says, I wrapped up my last new moon masterclass last night. Happy holidays. Good for you, Jana. 
a, a Capricorn, right? You, your birthday's coming up soon ish. And, uh, she lives the life of the Capricorn, right? You demonstrate that every day. Uh, okay. So that's it for the moon. Now on to something that made Tom cringe <laughs> and made me cringe, but cringe in a good sort of way. And this is, this is really, we've talked a little bit about this before and I risk confusing people a little bit. So hang with me a bit. When we do astrology at this moment in time, the kind of astrology that I do is called tropical astrology. Tropical because it's based on the seasons and the seasons are the, 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 uh, points at which things shift right the the zodiac spring is the zero degrees aries summer is zero degrees cancer and that orients you know the 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 chart and how we read what's going on and how your birth chart is also based right it's based on the tropical zodiac if you are seeing if you're seeing a tropical astrologer some like me if you are seeing a Vedic astrologer, or if you are seeing astrologer that does sidereal astrology, then you are playing in a system that is completely different from tropical astrology. You see, tropical astrology was, you know, is using, continuing to use the same system uh, placement of stars and planets, even though over the last 2000 years, they've drifted approximately 20 degrees away from where they were 2000 years ago. And so that means in 1961, when I was born, you know, there is the possibility that my 28 degrees Gemini sun wasn't really there at all. In fact, when we would look up at the sky, we would already, we would see that likely the constellation of Gemini and the sun in that constellation was much earlier in the sign. And in fact, it turns out to be exactly 20 degrees difference, right? And that set me to wondering all kinds of stuff. Like, do I really know who I am? Why is it astrologers allow that drift to happen, right? Why are we not correcting the chart for all of those changes and what is that impact on me as an individual what is that impact on us as a world right we're we're talking about you know movement of planets into signs like jupiter moved into aries but did it is it still in pisces questions right questions questions and that changes the way, of course, that the world works. If we're expecting an Aries, actually, you know, the world kind of does run on expectations. So if we're expecting a Jupiter in Aries sort of uh, next six month period of time, for example, then is that what we get? Where if someone is telling you that, oh, no, Jupiter's in Pisces, is that then what we get? right? The growth through Piscean energy versus the growth through Aries energy. It's boggling my mind. It's boggling my mind because I I have a Virgo moon, right? And I want things to be precise. I want them to be accurate, right? One of the worst things that can happen to me is to give you unaccurate information because that's like, oh, you should have known better, right? So human design is also based on tropical astrology. And in genetic matrix, and I know we've had this conversation a bit before, so if I'm repeating myself, just bear with me. Um, in genetic matrix, I noticed one day that you can change from tropical zodiac for uh, your human design to sidereal, but also sidereal might not just be the be all end all. What about 13 sign sidereal astrology. Boom. Psh, right? Because we have 13 zodiac signs at the moment. What constitutes those zodiac signs? That is the sun's transit through the ecliptic plane. And for, you know, nigh on 2000 years, 
the sun has moved through 12 zodiac signs, right? Aries through Pisces. But long about maybe 70, 70 years ago, maybe not even that long ago, um, with the tilt, you know, of the, of the ecliptic plane and the backdrop of the stars against that, we've got a 13th sign called Ophiuchus, or some people call it Ophicus. I like Ophiuchus. I have no idea what the actual correct pronunciation is, but we have the foot of a person, a, a constellation that now the sun passes in front of between the signs of Scorpio and Sagittarius. So we've just come out of the sign of Ophiuchus and are now, technically speaking, in Sagittarius. And it's interesting because I just sat here telling you we're all, we all are in Capricorn, right? That this is all Capricorn energy. The sun's there, Mercury's there, Venus is there, blah, 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 blah. But is that true? If we look up at the night sky and we look to see what sign the actual sun is in, is it in Capricorn? It's probably not. It's probably in Sagittarius. And I did not draw up a chart, a sidereal chart for this morning, but I could have. I just didn't know what we were going to talk about. So then I got to thinking, hmm, I should not do this. Uh, I got to thinking about, well, what does it mean to us as individuals to be caught up in a system that's based on incorrect star and planet placement and resisting coming into the proper alignment? How has that affected who, who I think I am, who you think you are, what you do, how you do what you do? Is, is there some other meaning behind all of this? So, you know, I, I, I'm still a Gemini. So my mind is getting into all of this. And as I looked, I, I happened to be chatting with Tom the other day and Tom, uh, an earlier Gemini than I finds himself in the sidereal chart as a Taurus. I find myself as an earlier Gemini not necessarily changing signs, but changing the decan that it, I'm a part of, right? I've been an Aquarian Gemini, and this moves me to a Gemini Gemini, which I just don't see myself as, interestingly enough. But it, it brought Tom into a completely different sign, which, of course, he rejected right away, right? I, I don't like it either that people's signs are changing because now I've got to really think about, well, what does that mean to them? Right. And uh, Tom working on his high notes. It's just one of those things that we have to really consider. What does it mean for my life? And what about the difference? What is the difference between the two? And what does that difference mean for each one of us? So I've been thinking about this because in human design, where I was a generator, I am now a manifesting generator where I was a 6-2 role model hermit. I am now a 4-1 opportunistic um, investigator. And Tom changed from a generator to a projector. And I think your, your role probably changed too. All, all of the, the profile changed. And I just have to wonder, what does it all mean, right? What does it all mean? My thought, my thought or my thinking about this is perhaps the tropical zodiac and the tropical human design based on this tropical zodiac might be showing us what you've already maybe experienced, maybe even mastered in some ways, where the sidereal might be where you're reaching, like where you're evolving to. So I played with that. I'm laying in bed at 5am thinking about these kinds of things. Like, what does that mean? So if my normal, you know, the reason I don't like the change is because I really was liking the idea of having my son at gate 12 and being a channel. But maybe that's something I've mastered enough in 
this lifetime and maybe others. And now my sun is sitting in the sidereal chart at gate 20, also on the throat center. So it's not like I lose my Gemini voice. I don't lose my voice at all, but it changes, right? It changes appreciably to that of empowering, right? Empowerment, creating a pathway of empowering myself, but also people, the people I work with. So that also means then as a manifesting generator, that I have that multitasking kind of energy. And I'll, I'll tell you why this started to make sense to me, because, you know, I, I underwent all, all of the 2022, literally, I was being trained in soul realignment, manifesting, divine manifesting blueprint. And along with that, all of these other tools now on my tool belt, chakra balancing, um, problems and solving, you know, specific problems in your life uh, from the point of view of the Akashic records. And uh, one of the other things, one of the things that I found most important that I really enjoyed using is called the organizing principle, your soul's organizing principle. And there are three main ones, right? There's the linear organizing principle, there's a systemic organizing principle, and then there's the organic organizing principle. And of course, many places in between. And as I was thinking about my soul's organizing principle as systemic, systemic is a multitasking, right? That is a soul's organizing principle that does best when handling multiple things at once, right? Linear does it every, you know, one foot in front of the other, very generator-ish like. Systemic is very manifesting generator-ish like. And organic is very much the projector, manifester, reflector-ish type. And that's kind of broad, right? That's just me broadly, you know, broad strokes here with that. But what I really started to see is that maybe the manifesting generator is where I really am because of the systemic nature of my soul. So then I was thinking, well, is it then me trying to be a generator, trying to fit into the tropical zodiac, a problem? Is it a problem for Tom? in a, as a tropical generator when he is a sidereal projector right we know projectors need time for rest they are they burn out much easier because they're living in a generated world that has expectations of how much production they should be a part of right how much how what their output should be compared to um uh, everybody else around them. And of course, for them to try to keep up with that, uh, it has negative impacts on their health. And funny thing, because what was Tom telling me? He was tired, fatigued. Hmm. So the evidence is kind of building for me to, if not out and out, switch over to the sidereal to at least pull it and see what's going on with it for each person. I I think that might be opening up a can of worms. Tell me how you guys are feeling about all of this. Jana says, interesting. Christine says, I'm a Pisces sun in tropical and Aquarius in sidereal. Maybe blend the two together. Well, tell me, Christine, do you feel more comfortable as a Piscean or do you feel more comfortable as an Aquarian? And maybe there's another little factor here. Um, Maybe there is a transition point in our lives where we're no longer resonant with that tropical zodiac and we become more comfortable or we become more aware of that sidereal zodiac. It's a possibility, right? It's a possibility that we become aware of it. And then what do we do with it? Right now we get confused about who we are. Now we feel like, gosh, I've been moving in this direction all my life. And maybe that's not the right way. 
maybe, maybe I should be moving in a different direction. Maybe I should be doing something different with my life. Confusion. Tom, it's spelled side real. So why not pronounce it side real, AKA Scottish country dancing astrology. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it's actually S-I-D-E-R-E-A-L, sidereal. That's why it's not pronounced that way or right, sidereal. Who knows? Who cares? Tammy Smith. Yes. Let's look at that. Very interested. And uh, it, yeah. So what I've been considering is in my new chart. Remember, there are the two columns in your human design, right? The black column called the design or the uh, personality column is really your soul's matrix, right? Your soul's um, purpose, if you will. Uh, the re the red side is the design side, and that's often the those are the life purpose. That's what that represents, the life purpose. So if you have a soul purpose of of uh, empowerment, right, such as my new one is, how is that going to be played out? Well, that would be seen in the life purpose side, the red side. And I was a little bit shocked to find out that my new design is in the gate 37 and 40. So the sun at 37, the earth at 40. And that is called the channel of community or the channel of family, the channel of peace. And all my life I've struggled with well, first of all, my family always comes first, right? And But it always seems like I'm pulled in two between the work and my family. And it's right there now in this sidereal, 13 sign sidereal that I'm looking at, right? The 2034, very much about working and doing and, you know, being uh, engaged in the world in a, a very powerful way. But then on the other side is about peace and family. And yeah, uh, it's just one of those things that maybe go, hmm. but then of course, you've got to look at all the other planets engaged with that too. And that's why this is a bigger conversation, a longer conversation, perhaps a more, um, uh, you know, contemplative uh, exercise. I really, you know, I, hes I hesitated this morning to even bring this up, but I can't not bring it up. I can't be quiet about it because it's in my head, right? It's in my head. It's in my field, right? Um, it changes our incarnation cross, the purpose for what you are here, how you are here to do what you do. But I'm not sure that I want to jettison the tropical yet. I want to, I want to see if that is something that is so deeply ingrained within me that it's hard to see what the real soul purpose is. I, I don't know how that's going to play out. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm willing to play with it and see how it's going to play out. Kajela adds spice to living in changing times. Indeed, it does. Indeed, it does. So we are living in interesting times, to be sure. And then when things like this come up, you, you know, you, you have to be open. And luckily, I did not lose my open head and open ashna. Uh, I actually picked up one more uh, center, the spleen, and I lost a center. They, I now have an open root center. So there's a lot of things that I need to consider with all of that, right? That doesn't make sense. It makes sense if we want our craft, meaning astrology and human design, to be respected that it seems like we need to move ahead with the times that we have to be willing to say you know the sun is going through another sign every year why aren't we doing that why aren't we changing the screen to say ophucius right i think it's just it's would would we would we tolerate that in the a healthcare system, right? Would we tolerate that in our lives in other ways? I, I don't know. So I think it's really time to, yeah, I like that idea, Kajela. She says, all enfolds in evolution of the soul in the stars. Yeah. 
it does. Uh, but, you know, there are ramifications here, too, for galactic astrology, I would bet, that in some way, does it change the fixed stars in our chart? Probably not, because the fixed stars would already have been the same. Hmm. Hmm. The things that make you go, hmm. Anyway, so if you are if you are a member of Genetic Matrix, in other words, that you pay a monthly fee or you pay for a year, you can access the chart. If I got to think about this, am I willing to take the time to do all these charts for people that might start inundating me? Um, I think the answer is yes. If you're not a member of Genetic Matrix, I do not think you can get this chart. But because I can, if you're super, super interested, and only if you're super interested, let me know, and I will get you a Genetic Matrix sidereal chart. Jennifer Davenport, first in. Yes, please. I'll write your name down right now. I don't know if I'll be able to get to this until after, until next week, until after the holiday. But it's so interesting to think of, isn't it? Like who you thought you are might not be who you are, but yet maybe like me, there's some part of you that recognizes the new information and you're like, oh, what have I been doing, right? Uh, Christine, curious about it too. So Christine and Jana, I see that you want one too. And you know, take also make sure you have your other one with you, your your tropical human design, so you can look at that as well. Um, Pam Zaruba, thinking we change as we learn and grow. Like I'm sidereal eighth Scorpio, whole nine Scorpio, and how that would change in human design, and possibly being a thirteenth sign, must check dates. Actually, I can help you with that. Because somewhere in my little box of tricks here, I have I have a problem here because I got to figure out what I did with it. Here it is. I have a book called The 13th Sign. The Zodiac has changed. So have you. Find out how and why. Now, remind me of when your birthday is, Pam. I know it's in November. Is it the 14th of November? Because now I don't want that. Those are planets. Uh, going back to November. So the old Scorpio. Okay, October 22nd to November 20th is the dramatic Scorpio. So you are transforming to Scorpio, from Scorpio to... I don't know what she means by that. Scorvirian or Scorlibrian. So maybe a Scorpio Virgo because closer to the other cusp. So Scorpio has now been split into two signs. The first week of Scorpio, October 22nd to 30th, will have the coloring of Virgo. You'll be analyzing all your desires, your intensity. So it's a different one from October 31st to November 22nd. You're actually a Scorpio Libran. Now, Ophusians are from November 21st to December 20th. So we've just finished Ophusius, the sign, right? From November 21st to December 20th. And then December 21st, which was just Wednesday to January 19th, is uh, a Capricorn Sagittarian, right? Your coloring is going to be that of Sagittarius. She kind of overlays all of these things. So anyway, this is an interesting book. Not sure if it's available. The author's name is Mary Frances Abamonte. Abamonte. And the 13th sign. Such a fascinating read. Um, I know she took a lot of heat from astrologers when she wrote this book. And I can totally understand why that might be because... There's resistance to doing something new, to adding that 13th sign, 
to really talking about, well, what is the motif? What, what is the archetype of that 13th sign? Do we need to add a 13th house to the wheel? What do we do? Well, I don't think we hide our heads in the sands and ignore the fact that something like that uh, has changed. I think we need to really embrace it and live with it. Uh, JLo says, I've even played with the house system in there. Ah, I'm not super anything, Tom says. Super is a lazy adjective. I'm fan, fab, fab, tabulously, wondrously interested. Uh, okay. I think I sent you yours, Tom, but I'm not sure. And Kajella says, it will expand your perception of who you are or who you think you are and now versus who you incarnated as. Ooh. Hi, Heather Scott. Debbie says, if you wish, if I wish what? I don't know. November 15th. So Pam, you are a, uh, a Scorpio Libran. You've got the Libran overtone there. And Tom, uh, talking to JLo, never mind. Uh, Jana says, fascinating. Still a Cappy. Moon now in Aquarius. And I like my North Node in Gemini. <laughs> yeah, it does. It changes everything. Where did my North Node go? My North Node went to, oh, goodness gracious. I North Node is now still in Leo. Yeah, so that didn't change. But instead of it being 29 Leo, it's 14 Leo. Hmm. Interesting changes, right? JLo says, not sure. Uh, I know in Enneagram, I am a six. In cartology, I'm a jack of, of clubs. So am I. Ha! We're both jack of clubs. In numerology, I'm a 22. In numerology, I'm actually a 33. So we have these double numbers going on. JLo says there are more systems like soul blueprint from me, Pleiades starseed. Sounds like this could be a Pluto in Aquarius shift. Oh my gosh, Jana. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. That's a great, that's a good one. Thank you for that. That makes so much sense, doesn't it? Because something shifts every time Pluto moves into a new sign, but Pluto is also moving into a new sign that happens to be the representation of the new age. So is the new age then moving us into a sidereal, like maybe we've been in a, in a playpen playing in this tropical, you know, Zodiac or playing to a version of ourselves that is not necessarily evolved or evolving and far enough. And now we're like ready to put our big girl panties on our big boy panties and move up. Mm, I love it. Uh, Debbie, if you wish to tell me like the others. Oh, I just put the book oh, here. Let me get the book out. So you're an early Taurus. So that puts you back in Aries, I would bet. Because we're looking at 20 degrees backwards. So I think you're a three degree Taurus. So that's going to put you back uh, at about, mm, is that going to be? 13-ish of Aries. So, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't need a book to tell you that. But anyway, just something to think about as we end 2023, 2022 and go into 2023. <laughs> uh, Janice says, yes, and now we have graduated. I kind of like that idea. But trust me when I say it does rock your world a bit, especially if you change signs, right? For me, I'm still a Gemini. I didn't have to contend with that. Tom, on the other hand, had to contend with now he's a Taurus if he goes into sidereal. Debbie has to contend with she's no longer a Taurus, but now an Aries. And some of you might have to contend with being a sign that we don't really even have a description for. What is an Ophusian? What does it mean to be Ophusian? We have to go to the mythology for that. And of course, in the mythology, he's a he's a healer and he's an alchemist. Right. So is and, now, you know, when I looked at my chart, my earth is actually sitting in Ophiuchus. I don't even know what that means. Right. Sitting earth, sitting in Ophiuchus. And yet there's this 
there's this magical alchemy that happens within the sign of Ophiuchus, right? It's the sign of alternative healing or all of the different tools that we can use that are not stuck in the past. Um, it could be huge, right? It could be really huge. And it can also be confusing for us for a while as we have to try this new identity on. I think it's worth it, though. Uh, Debbie says she's an Aries and Vedic, right? It would be the same, right? Because Vedic is based on sidere sidereal astrology or sidereal calculation. Uh, all I did was choose the 13 sign sidereal so that I would get an, a feel for where Ophiuchus is in, in, the, in the whole scheme of things. So let me see if I can tell here. So Ophiuchus... Yeah, it takes up more of the sky than actually Scorpio does. <laughs> so how can we ignore him? How can we ignore him? Uh, I just don't think we can. So uh, we have to we have to pay attention to if if we want to be validated for our experiences, we need to really use a system that makes sense, right? And the tropical zodiac is, you know, losing its sensibility. I want to think of myself, and I bet you do too, as um, evolved or evolving, right? That we're moving up. So if I stay in the tropical zodiac, am I doing that or am I just pandering to what I've always done? Ugh, I don't know. Kajella, part of evolution of systems, allowing, indeed, allowing. And okay, be shocked. Tom was. Right. Tom was shocked when he found out he was a Taurus. He didn't he wanted to resist that. I am not a Taurus. But to resist something like that might be cutting yourself off from some part of you that you really need to learn. Here was the other thing that happened in all of that. Is that for those of you out there who've had a soul realignment, you know what your soul's gift is. Right. What your primary soul's gift is. In Tom's, he had a dual one. I hope you don't mind if I share this, Tom. Uh, one was divine love, and which is all about building relationships. And this other one was divine manifestation. They're very close together. Divine manifestation always has such a Taurus feel because it's about building. It's about it's about creating a strong foundation. And it might be financial. It could be health. It could be, in his case, likely relationships. And that makes sense when we start looking then from the soul, from the Akashic records, you know, does Taurus then better fit his soul's gifts? I haven't really looked at, I, I did look at that in mind briefly. My, my soul's gift is divine communication and the 20, which is where my son moves to in human design is still a Gemini gate. Gemini still communication and that that works I haven't looked at the rest of mine to see you know like does it does it make sense with my secondary and what have you it's just interesting to me just interesting by the way Astro family I got over the resistance after a bit he did I watched the transformation in his face <laughs> as he was like oh maybe so so he did get over the resistance. Took It was very quick, actually, for a Taurus. <laughs> oh, Tom. Uh, a quick resistance get over uh, for, for him. And I think, you know, it's a worthwhile dive, right? So hopefully I didn't confuse a bunch of people. If you have questions about it, go ahead and pop that in here. Uh, there was something else that I wanted to talk about today just kind of in my mind. Well, I want to hear what you guys want to talk about too. Uh, Jennifer says, I'm completing a triple split Chiron return in the next few months. It's been a long and at times really hard journey. I'm curious with how the shift changes that or affects coming off the roof. Well, Jennifer, all that will depend on whether or not you're still a role model in the, in the 13th sign uh, sidereal. Because if you're, if what you're saying is that likely in, in traditional human design, you are a 6'2 role model hermit or a 6'3 perhaps. And the coming off the roof happens for the role model at about 50 to 52 at the Chiron return, 
really that's about when that happens so coming off the roof is where you're launching out into the world in a different way you're a late bloomer so to speak so some of your best accomplishments still lie ahead of you and those new accomplishments or those best accomplishments are tied up with the healing of the wound right that you came with that your natal chiron sits in and that can change it can have changed based on the chart so you'll have to take a look at that i'll make sure i have those charts with chiron in them so that you know chiron looks like the key uh, up uh, straight up or a k with the circle underneath it uh so be sure to look for that in your chart jennifer says oh my ego really loves being a six two so does mine <laughs> but now i'm a four one I don't even know really that is a juxtaposition um it, uh role it's difficult at best to even describe it's kind of a fixed fate so i gotta sit with that myself because yeesh, right i don't know uh jlo says if you use campanus i believe it holds some ophi vibration is that the uh the house system of campanus uh i'm not sure uh anyway so <laughs> fascinating and so much information and i want you to think of it this way right you know try it on for size use your own discernment does it fit you right a lot of you have not done the soul realignment yet or if you have it's you maybe did it with someone else and i don't know about that so if you have done that go back and look at you know, from the Akashic Records perspective, what is your soul's gift? Because that's mirrored somewhere in your astrology as well. Is it mirrored more fully in the tropical or is it more fully in the sidereal? We don't know until we actually look at that, that aspect of it. So be thinking about that, right? As you go into the new year, look at that soul realignment. What's standing in your way of really living out loud? Um, which system is older, Vedic or Western? I would say in this case, they're, you know, they arose around the same time, but Vedic moved ahead, right? They they kept true to where the planets actually were, their constellation and zodiac are matched, where tropical lagged behind. So uh sidereal astrologists will definitely be ones that move it ahead like vedic but not using you know vedic is a different system but it's based on the constellation and and uh zodiac um being the same right if if the planets in sagittarius um but in tropical that would show it being in capricorn in sidereal it's going to stay in sagittarius in its true place so Jennifer says, the question of my purpose drives me crazy. I think it does for a lot of people because everybody's trying to think they have, everybody thinks they have one purpose and that we could distill it down to something like empowering people or uh, being a good educator, a good teacher, being a good singer. Those things are what you do with your soul's gifts so your purpose lies in not one specific thing but how do you use all the gifts that your soul came here in an area that truly is of interest to you right where are you passionate so if you're a passionate educator but by your tropical sidereal whatever zodiac um, you're here to empower people and you might go, well, how am I here to empower people? Well, you're likely doing it through educating, right? Through, you know, enlivening uh, and broadening people's minds or in, you know, stretching the horizons for people. Um, so don't ask the question. There are some people there who have, like me, oh, well, at least in my old system, <laughs> um, I had no real purpose. My purpose, I might not even know until I die, it says in my gene keys, right? That my purpose is to just be in delight, to live life, you know, in delight. But something always rubbed me the wrong way about that. So now I get to look at that again, because now 
that is actually going to be about gate uh, 40, which is about restoration, restoring, about being in community, about living peace. Hmm. Interesting stuff. I like that in sidereal, my Saturn moves from the gate 60, which is that one that we were talking about last week about constriction or about accepting limitation and into the gate 58 of joy and the expression of bliss. I like that. <laughs> anyway, so much to think of, and I hope I twisted everybody's minds up this morning. Let's pull a couple of cards for the weekend. And of course, I'm sure we'll take this message up or we'll take this subject up again. And I am wanting hmm, here we go. I'm wanting a star seeds. Oh, let's throw them. Yeah, the Starseed Oracle. Let's do one of those. And a Wisdom of the Oracle. Oof. So many things that we could do. I have so many decks. So Starseed Oracle um, by Rebecca Campbell. So here's what that deck sort of looks like. Right, The colors are beautiful. Very... Um, uh, what do you call those? Pastelish colors. <laughs> You're welcome, Jana. And let's see the card. Ah, surrender to the sweetness. This is Venus energy, pleasure, joy, make love to life. Here's the card, the way it looks. Very much a beautiful scene, serene, peaceful, beauty, beauty, surrender, to the sweetness. So let's see what that talks about. It says, this is a sensual, highly feminine card. It's a call to surrender to the sweetness of life, to let the ever abundant feminine take over, to taste the fruits you've been working so hard to grow, to let your senses take over and really drink in your life with wonder, to get intoxicated on the simple bounty that this planet has to offer and which you have within you when your well is full. The ancient Babylonians connected the feminine goddess Ishtar to the planet Venus, and in Roman mythology, Venus was the goddess of love and beauty. In our night sky, aside from the moon, Venus shines the brightest. Time is our most precious resource, and it's the greatest healer. If you've been all work and no play, this is a sign to take some time out. <laughs> to reconnect with your lover, play with your children, and give yourself the luxury of time without an agenda. Many of us are so busy building our lives that we forget to enjoy them. We forget why we decided to build them in the first place. Disconnection from the sweetness causes more pain than we realize. So many of us walk into soulless buildings five days a week in the name of survival. We strive to build the life of our dreams, but drive ourselves to exhaustion. This card is wooing you back to the pleasures of being human, to focusing on what really matters and enjoying your incredible life. And in this deck at the bottom, there's always like a, an inquiry or some kind of soul work to do. And this is a starseed soul inquiry. And the question is, how can you surrender to the sweetness of life? And what's one way you can enjoy your life a little more? So how can you surrender to the sweetness of life? And what's one way you can enjoy your life a little more? Like these people enjoying life at the pool, which just happens to also be out in nature, has a little waterfall and everything. Beautiful, beautiful. Let's get some wisdom of the Oracle going. This is a deck by Colette Baron reed one of my favorite ones. You can tell because the book's frayed because <laughs> I use it all the time. So wisdom of the Oracle and oh, here. Oh, how fun. This looks like milk and honey card 51, which is a six balance and harmony, milk and honey. There's a rainbow there. Life is milk and honey. Let's see. 
51. Okay. And it was right side up. So we have an essential meaning of the taste of prosperity. Ooh. Opportunities born of authenticity, nurturing abundance, trusting that your needs will be met. The Oracle's message says you've entered a sweet time in your life, enjoying the land of milk and honey that everyone wants to experience. It's an interlude that feels more languid than ambitious when all your senses are awake to the unlimited possibilities in the universe. These times are precious and only come when you're in your authentic zone, wearing the world as a loose garment, not wanting yet able to be nourished in ways both tangible and subtle. Abundance is an energy that you are a living part of. All your needs are being met. You are given the gift of nourishment in every form. And the prosperity message that goes along with this says there is only one authentic you. This version of yourself is spirit's emissary in the world. When you're in alignment with the truth that you are a unique expression of the divine, your ego can rest and your soul can illuminate your purpose. Now is the time when you're seeking your true north. When so Jennifer, right? Um, now, so when you find this direction, you automatically step into prosperity, and the world brings you evidence of abundance. Miracles are a choice and a way of seeing the world. With every choice you make right now, you have the potential to seize good fortune and embrace your destiny. Opportunities will lead you to your best life. Now, be open to them you're getting a sweet taste of what you want. So I accidentally put the card back in the deck, so I can't show it to you again, unless I put it on the bottom. No, I didn't. Oh, here, no, that's that one. Sorry about that. But you got the gist of the card, right? Milk and honey. All right, that is it for me today. I will not be on on Monday. My husband is off that day, so it will be a family day. I will see you next Friday, and I'll likely post anything of um, on my Living Astrology Facebook page if anything exciting is happening. Merry Christmas to all of you. Happy holidays to all of you. However you spend your time together, make it a blessed time. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Thank you.